Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast. Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Tune in to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service Radio. Welcome to Beer Me on Full Service Radio. Not broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C., but this time in Fairport, Maine at Maine Beer Company. I am your host, Sarah Jane. During my time in culinary school, I gained an appreciation for good beer. I continued my studies in beer at grad school at NYU, and since then I have been a beer director, beer bar general manager, and I get to continue to explore the beer world with all of you wonderful listeners. Every week, I will have a different guest on the show to discuss different parts of the beer world, from brewers, importers, educators. This will allow us to examine the dynamic world of beer through different lenses. Whether you're new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. So my next guest I am very excited about because uh, she was somebody that I found to be very inspiring and supportive um, and wonderful. Uh, during my time at Birch and Barley Church Key with Neighborhood Restaurant Group, she was the general manager at Blue Jacket, which I don't know if you've ever worked at a restaurant during baseball season where it's near the stadium, but um, if you can handle that, you can basically handle any trial in life. Um, so I am here in Freeport, Maine, at Maine Beer Company with Anne Marisic. Uh, she's the marketing and events manager and resident sorceress. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for the kind words. The feeling is absolutely mutual. So, and if her last name sounds familiar, that's because her sister, uh, Katie, has been on the show twice. Um, so, I'm just a fan of your family in, in general. So, I'm going to have to be on more than her. This is, there's definitely a competition of uh, yeah. who's the best Marisic. And uh... <laughs> there's definitely a competition between Bill DeBond and Michael Stein mm-hmm. as far as who can get on the show more. Nice. I actually have lost track. <laughs> They're keeping track on their own. Um, so, yeah, you'll have to come down to DC and, and come, come into the studio. Happy to. So, we're sitting in this airy, beautiful room. Um, so you just went through a massive expansion with yep. the brewery and we just got to walk through the whole space. There's this beautiful event space. There's this huge, beautiful pizza oven by Maine Wood Heat. Um, just such a beautiful space. And you've got all this cool stuff for the staff. You've got like a staff room with like a foosball table and all this stuff. So you're living the dream. It's pretty awesome. Uh, the company just went underwent a pretty big expansion, like you said. Uh, we had moved from Portland to Freeport in 2013, mm-hmm. and very, very quickly, uh, this was around the same time that uh, the main Brewers Guild had worked on passing a law that would allow tasting rooms. Um, before that, they uh, in Maine, you could have tasting room, but you were allowed to give tours and offer a few free samples, but you couldn't sell your beer, uh, either in bottle or draft. Uh, so the main brewers guild worked very, very hard. Uh, Dan Kleban, one of our owners was instrumental in this as well. Um, 
to pass a law that would enable tasting room experience, which I think we know from how breweries have expanded in the past five years, you know, is, is huge for a place to be able to tell their story and get people excited about their beer. So 2013, when the, um, when the brewery was moved up here, tasting room opened and it's tiny. Uh, I think the thought was there weren't going to, you know, who was going to come up here. And we quickly found out that was uh, a lot of people <laughs> um, were sharing uh, this beautiful town with uh, L.L. Bean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so during the summer in particular, we get a huge influx of folks. But all year round, there are people and it's a great community to be a part of. Uh, so when we sort of hit capacity with the brewery, um, plans were put in place to grow bigger uh, first phase of that was uh, building a new production space, which enabled us to drastically increase our production. Um, we're still staying, you know, we're it's moderate growth. We're not trying to, you know, suddenly be the next huge producer, but, you know, nice, quiet, steady growth, manageable growth. Uh, and then the next phase after that was taking our old production space, sort of gutting it, uh, we actually sold a lot of our old tanks to other breweries in Maine, so it's kind of cool to sort of pass along this, you know, equipment and help other breweries. And you know, Orono has a lot of our tanks, so it's kind of a, yeah. a neat thing to see. Uh, and now we're about two weeks away from opening our brand new tasting room, which, as you described, is uh, we've got a pizza oven, we've got event space, we've got games, we've got expanded seating. You can bring more than 10 people. (laughs) But it's really exciting. And I think one of the core things is getting to share kind of who we are as a company. Um, You know, 1% for the planet is uh, part of who we've been from the start. Uh, We work with environmental nonprofits and donate 1% of our gross annual sales. And now we actually get to really highlight that and have a space to kind of bring that those community nonprofits into and you know share that with our guests. That's amazing. So the motto for Main Beer Company mm-hmm. is do what's right. Yep. And I feel like that motto has been spread to every single aspect of this company. You know, obviously you're making great beer. That's it's a given. You mm-hmm. care about the world. You care about the community. But you also care about the employees. Mm-hmm. And this is something that you and I had talked about previously um, in that this brewery does a lot for employees, a lot more than most breweries. Would you mind kind of explaining some of the stuff that the employees get aside from the foosball table that we just got to see? <laughs> foosball table is pretty great. Yeah. Um, you well, got me there. <laughs> a, little, a little background. Um, when Dan and Dave Kleban started this company, um, their, the real goal behind it was to m- prove that you could run a business while also giving back and taking care of your staff, that those two things didn't have to be mutually exclusive. And that's where the do what's right came in. Um, and that has, as you said, extended to everything that we do. Um, but in terms of staff, you know, this goes from making sure that we have health benefits, making sure that there's a 401k that the company contributes to regardless of whether we're putting our own money in. Mm -hmm. Uh, As someone who's never had a 401k, I was like, whoa, this is, you know, it was just mind blowing Um, and a really unique thing. Uh, One thing that uh, we started this year, uh, so everybody, we've got a certain amount of paid time off Mm -hmm. uh, and then you accrue more uh, as, you know, you, the longer you're with the company. Um, you're allowed to carry over a certain amount every year, and we're encouraged to use it, which 
is you know yeah. another another thing. That's I've had unique. paid time off at almost every restaurant I've worked at. Nobody's ever encouraged me to actually use yeah. it or made it easy. Yeah, and uh, you know this makes it easy. But this year they added. Uh, we start with uh, two paid sick days, and that is encouraging you. You don't need to use your paid time off when you're sick. Yeah, uh, and I think in the restaurant industry and in, you know hospitality industry in particular, but honestly every every job out there you know people you you really juggle that i i don't feel good but i can't miss work or i you know and what the belief behind this is that you know if sick people are coming to work they're not being productive they're making other people sick it's not good so stay home take care of yourself feel better and we should be able to give you the ability to do that Mm -hmm. without feeling that you're missing out or not getting paid and that's that's a huge thing um it's some something that in maine you know there's a lot of discussion about making sure that employees have that and it's one of those things it's you know not always easy for a business to do but uh the thought here is that we want to encourage people to make it something that you should do because in the long run it's going to make you more productive and successful as a company yeah so that that might cost short term, but long term you're going to see benefits from it because you're taking care of your staff. For uh, sure, but um, yeah. And for listeners just tuning in, I'm sitting down with Anne Marisek. She is the marketing and events manager manager at Maine Beer Company, which is where we are recording from. Um, so also on top of the amazing benefits that you offer your staff education is a huge part of your culture and we just got to walk through the renovated area where there was this amazing sensory um uh galley for lack of a better word yeah yeah. (laughs) um so you had like different booths with you know dividers and the little kind of roll up um garage door where you could put glasses through. Um, So what what are some things that that employees get to benefit from as far as education goes? Well, in terms of education, it's amazing. Um, I'll get to the lab program in a second, but I don't think I've ever worked at a place that's been so excited to share information. Um, And it's at every level. Uh, You know, I will go up to a brewer and be like, what are you doing? And they're so excited to share Mm -hmm. information and all of it's out there. It's just ask and everybody's very communicative about the projects we're working on and you know you can any anyone who wants an opportunity to kind of get a day training with something to sort of learn about a different aspect of the job it's encouraged because you know the more you know about the company as a whole but also the co- you know what your coworkers doing you're going to have so much respect for people's daily they you know their their, their work and what they're doing uh, and it's so amazing for me to like see what the brewers are doing, see what you know um, all of the packaging team is doing, see what our warehouse does, and how they organize their day. Uh, and you know the one big part of this, going back to the do what's right, make great beer. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to make sure that uh, the beer we're putting out is the best possible product. And big part of that is sensory, making sure that uh, in our, our quality control, uh, making sure that. The beer is being tested at every single stage that we're, you know, that our DO levels are good, that we're, you know, that there's not off flavors. And uh, one of the best. I'm sorry, DO levels for. So dissolved oxygen. <laughs> that helps you, you know, maintain mm-hmm. good quality of your beer. Um, with that, 
you know, we're training all of our staff. Everybody has is participating in sensory and we do it once a week. Uh, we started with true to brands where we, you know, the really, really hard part of our job where mm-hmm. we taste through all our beers and talk about uh, color, aroma, uh, taste, um, what, you know, what this is supposed to be, what, you know, a classic peeper is, what a classic lunch is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that way, if anything's off, we know it. Um, and one of the great things is you have this huge cross section of people. And when you're trying to do this sort of sensory, you know, if you only have one person tasting it, well, you're kind of at the mercy of what their taste buds are. I'm, you know, I, I'm really, you know, can pick up on certain things better than others. I, I know I'm very good at uh, detecting um, trans to not and all, which is c- cardboard flavors. Mm-hmm. I'm very good at detecting uh, isoamyl acetate, which is sort of this banana runt flavor. Mm-hmm. Diacetyl kind of struggle with sometimes um there's a, and that's sort of a buttery off flavor yeah. whereas that um, is the one off flavor that i can i can yeah. smell it like five feet away yeah sometimes whereas i struggle with pretty much everything else yeah and <laughs> you know there are others uh what's uh acetaldehyde which mm-hmm. is green apple well i grew up in a, a certain world with a certain beer that was rife with it but it tastes normal to me <laughs> so you know it's something that i don't I, I, I can taste it, but it takes a little bit. And some of that is training, but, you know, having a wide cross section of people to pull from, mm-hmm. you're getting, uh, you know, actually we don't really have too many smokers, but smokers, <laughs> non-smokers, uh, different age groups, uh, yeah. male, female, all these different spectrums of taste, which the, uh, the wonderful team in our lab who is analyzing all of this can kind of sort through and see you know, if something's wrong, um, if they have a question about a beer, they can say, oh, well, this person is really good at detecting X. Let's yeah. try it. Plus, that's a muscle. And, you know, this is something I, I teach at a very small culinary school. And when I have these students start tasting, mm-hmm. it's so hard. And when you start tasting beer, you start tasting wine or spirits. The first thing you always smell is like, I smell beer or I smell wine or I mm-hmm. smell alcohol. Yeah. And it's really hard to get your brain and your mouth to cooperate so that you can articulate what you're smelling. Yep. Um, you know, that's why when you've got a psalm who's like, it smells like a summer rain in <laughs> June, you know, then they've clearly had a lot of experience. Um, also a touch of douchebaggery. So, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. One, but of, that's, the, yeah. one of the best uh, tasters that I ever knew, mm-hmm. uh, my friend Allison, who worked with me at Rustico in Virginia, and she's, she's an English professor, and so her vocabulary is like, phenomenal, and mm-hmm. she would taste a beer, and she'd be like, it's like freshly mowed grass, but on an April day after a rain, not like on a June day, <laughs> and you're just like, huh? And then you taste it, and you're like, God damn, she's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, 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 it's like now I taste, that. I now taste that. Yeah. Uh, so I think some of it is, you know, just training people in vocabulary, uh, coming from food backgrounds like you and I yeah. both have, I think, um, that's one of the really interesting things to be able to talk about flavors, you know, mm-hmm. our, our friend Greg Engert, you know, is big into flavor profiles and it's such a good way of talking about beer and what you're smelling, what you're tasting and pinpointing it more, which I think, you know, then on the selling beer angle allows you to better 
pinpoint what people don't like, what mm-hmm. they do like, and then direct them to a beer that they might not have tried. You know, I, especially coming, you know, a, a brewery like Maine Beer Company, we're very hop forward. Mm-hmm. And the number of people who are like, I don't really like hoppy beers. Lunch is my favorite. It's like, <laughs> this is a very intense hoppy. West Coast IPA. <laughs> so you do like hops, just tempered with a little been, bit of malt. You've been, you've been uh, exposed to different ones that have made you think you don't. Yeah. So. And kind of going back to the flavor profiles and like mm-hmm. smelling stuff, it's it's interesting how a lot of chefs also have a really good background in being able to oh, articulate yeah. because they know like if you were to say like oh this if you're smelling a wood beer oh this smells like you know citrus peel and coriander well if you've never stuck your face in a jar of coriander you're not going to be able to place that very quickly yep. in your mind and be like oh yeah that's what that smells like mm-hmm. so if you've spent your entire you know, livelihood, tasting all these different flavors, knowing exactly what these different chili peppers taste like, you're going to be able to say like, I smell coriander or I smell toasted coriander. Yeah. You're going to know that different yeah. smell. So well, it's great. And uh, like uh, one thing I really love is seeing all of our staff get this vocabulary and learn. And, you know, we probably have a very finicky bunch of people now who are like, mm, yeah, no, this doesn't taste... But it's great because now you have the staff of 50 people who, mm-hmm. when they're out out in the wilds at bars, they're like, hey, could someone check on this bar? Our beer didn't taste right there. And then That's sort of, huge. Yeah, it's huge. And then the next step to this is mm-hmm. we're uh, working on a program to try and bring some of our accounts up here. So getting a restaurant to come in and talk to them about these off flavors and things and getting them, you know, your best supporters are the people who are on on the ground selling your beer yeah but they need to know again what what's wrong mm-hmm. so that they know when it's right and it also gives them a good sense of our commitment to that level of quality yeah. which is exciting to share with people yeah and that's something and, and this is something back to greg anger something that he does really <laughs> well is that um, he presents beer very well. Mm-hmm. He knows the importance of clean lines and proper glassware and things yeah. like that because so many decisions and so much thought has been put into the beer. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, transition, <laughs> thought put into the beer. Yeah. So as we pulled up today, I noticed there was a buttload, that's the technical term, of uh, solar panels yes. on top of this building. This entire yeah. building is covered with solar, solar yes. panels. What's going on there? So one of... Uh, as I said, when we moved up to Freeport, mm-hmm. um, you know, the business opened, started booming. Or, well, we'd been open in Portland. We moved to Freeport. New space got cranking and uh, got going real quick. Um, one of the things that I really admire about the Klebans, uh, they actually had an opportunity to expand much earlier than we did. Um, but rather than grow the brewery, they said, huh, we're using a lot of energy through our brewing process, mm-hmm. um, we're not really standing up to our end of do what's right if we don't do something to counteract that. So they invested in solar. Uh, and that our, our primary building that's going to be our new tasting room is covered in solar. Uh, we have a large solar tracker as well. And that's going to provide 100% of the energy for the tasting room and offsets the energy for the rest of the building when the brewery is not going. Um, Breweries run a lot of energy, Mm -hmm. uh, so it's something that we're constantly looking at and trying to figure out what's what's the best way we can offset this or reduce. Uh, So we're looking into carbon, um, you know, how we can trap 
some of the carbon dioxide that's coming out and reuse it. Uh, but one of the other projects that we're working on that's really exciting, if we can't do it here, if mm-hmm. we're out of space and can't produce enough solar energy to offset, well, do it elsewhere. So uh, w- this year we're actually using part of our 1% for the planet uh, yearly donation to work on solar projects offsite. Uh, so we'll be announcing this later this year uh, who our beneficiary is, but each year we're going to try and work with a different one of our nonprofits to bring solar or wind power or something like that to their organization. Wow. And the idea is that, you know, if you make that investment in an organization early enough, that one time investment is going to reap benefits for them for, you know, for solar panels somewhat times upwards of 25 years, mm-hmm. reducing their costs uh, on energy in-house, which gives them more money to support their mission. It's like all of these things keep compounding and yay. Yeah. It's like a good snowball. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, and how long have you worked here? You've worked here for two years? Uh, it's going to be two years this summer. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, it seems like a little like dream world up here. Every time I come up to Portland, I mean, you have so many amazing breweries mm-hmm. in such a small amount of space. You've yep. got Allagash, you have Oxbow, you got you guys, Barreled Soul, mm-hmm. the Brothers, like everybody. I mean, I've done this before <laughs> where I do like a plug for um, like just come up to Portland yeah. and like go around it. Cause there's also amazing restaurants too. Amazing. Places. All right. What is your favorite restaurant? Oh, top three. Okay. All right. Is that top, easier? Top three. Top three restaurants. Do. If you're coming up to um, Portland, you have to go to these top three restaurants. I, well. Because, of uh, course, number one, you come to Main Beer Company. Yeah. Okay. I would say, all right, I have to kind of do four. Okay. All fine. right. So, Honey Paul is one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just amazing, amazing food. Um, Terra Lingua, I think, is one that's a little uh, under the radar. It's um, on uh, East Bayside neighborhood. Um, just amazing Tex-Mex and uh, killer brisket and hands down the most dangerous margaritas in town. Nice. Uh, (laughs) uh, Cheval is another one of my favorites. Uh, They're on the West End. Um, Just really amazing uh, Spanish cuisine. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've seriously, I've never had a bad meal there. Great food, great, great beer, cocktails, wine, you name it. And a little plug for one that I went to recently that I am disappointed in myself for not going to sooner, uh, Baharat, also in the uh, East End. They had been a food truck before, mm-hmm. and I had had their food, and it was great. Recently went there to their actual brick and mortar. It was just killer food, killer drinks, amazing service. It was like the whole package, and also really like affordable. <laughs> I was like, wow, why haven't I been coming here all the time? <laughs> And they turned me on to a new uh, orange wine vermouth that I hadn't had before. That Ooh. was pretty good. But yeah, once I start going on my favorites, there's great yeah. ones. And I would say encourage people not just to visit Portland, but the rest of the state. Because yeah. Bar Harbor is beautiful. Bar Harbor's beautiful. Rockland is yeah unbelievable. There's Primo. There's Sammy's Deluxe. There's Ada's Kitchen. Like just some really great places. And then go farther north. Uh, This uh, past summer, through our work with uh, the Bicycle Coalition, Mm -hmm. I got to go up to Aroostook County, which, you know, is sort of the further reaches of Maine, uh, but seriously, the nicest people I've ever met in my life, and it's gorgeous up there, so 
highly recommend it. All right, State of Maine. Yeah. If you're listening, we will be your spokespeople. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Thank you. Appreciate it. And thanks for all the beer. I was very excited to to try all this stuff. I was, you know what though, I am... uh, I had post ride snack recently mm-hmm. at uh, Solid State uh, Solid State Books on H Street, nice. um, which was so cool to be on H Street in a really cool bookstore yeah. drinking main beer. I'm kind of jealous because I lived there for eight years. <laughs> there was not a bookstore nor main beer. I it believe was... I was told that uh, craft beer wouldn't be a thing when I moved there. Uh-huh. Ha. Whoops, <laughs> jokes. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was so delicious. I hadn't had post is post rights like new or am I out of the loop? Uh, we started that one. That's a session. I think IPA. it was about two years ago. Uh, that one came about. Yeah, it's a session IPA, four point nine percent. It's really kind of my favorite summer beer right now. Yeah. It's uh, so Dave Cleban, uh, one of our owners, uh, is an avid cyclist mm-hmm. and. He is a huge supporter of the Bicycle Coalition. Uh, they're one of our nonprofits, and he kind of got this idea of let's do a session and post post ride snack. But the joke is like post work snack, post uh, <laughs> I lifted up a pencil today snack. <laughs> so you, you can really just you have accomplished something. You should have this beer. Yeah. But it's really exciting because uh, from May through the end of September, uh, we have a weekly ride with the folks from LL Bean. Uh, it's a 25-mile ride. I I support it through uh, being here to sign people in, get their waivers done, give them their drink tickets, because mm-hmm. when they're done with the ride, they come in for a beer. Um, haven't haven't tackled the ride myself yet, but, you know, there's still time. I was going to say, if you're doing 25-mile <laughs> rides, bravo. Not quite there yet, but uh, it's, it's a really cool thing, and mm-hmm. it was great to see it grow. We went from having, like, eh, 15, 20 people to show up. So last year, I think it was like 40 to 50 every week. Wow. Every Thursday. So that's impressive. It's, you know, a cool thing. And, you know, they always come out and post ride snack. That's the, that's the way to go. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully I'll grab some this, this spring. Yep. And it starts to warm up. should be back, way. I think, at the end of March. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. So if uh, you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at BeerMeRadio or uh, via email, BeerMeRadio at gmail.com. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Cheers. Bye.